to see a, a full church with some uh, new faces behind the mask, but I'm pretty sure I recognise some old friends, and it's great to have you with us as well. But uh, before we start the message that God wants us to hear this morning, let me pray. <clears throat> Our Shepherd King, thank you for allowing us to gather as your flock this morning to be encouraged through your word. And we pray that our hearts would be filled with joy and hope this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I lack nothing. As those words were read, what were you thinking? As we enter this new year, is your life full to the brim with everything that you need? Or are there a few things on your New Year's wish list? Now, I imagine from a general perspective, we probably would all agree that we would like this pandemic to end. I'm sure we're all bored of hearing that word, COVID. It's wearing thin, isn't it? And the events of the last month or so have perhaps shown us that maybe the end is not quite as close as we had hoped. But alongside the extra difficulties that the pandemic has and continues to bring to our everyday experience, I imagine there's quite a few other needs that we might feel that we need. We still have the normal struggles of life, and they need solutions too, don't they? Our jobs, maybe, our finances, our health, maybe it's our relationships. And when we add all these concerns together, it can affect every part of our life. Because even when we try and put them in perspective, times of difficulty and need are hard. And it can lead us to a discontentment with life. And even as Christians, it can lead us to doubt, which might have a knock-on effect to our worship of God. John Piper defines worship like this. The inner essence of worship is to know God truly and then respond from the heart to that knowledge by valuing God, treasuring God, prizing God, enjoying God, being satisfied with God above all earthly things. And then that deep, restful, joyful satisfaction in God overflows in acts of praise from the lips and acts of love in serving others for the sake of Christ. So, does that describe your relationship with God as we meet to worship him this morning? Or do you feel a little bit lost in the storms of life? And rather than seek and worship the one who can really help you, Perhaps you're wondering, and you're asking questions. Does God really care for me? Can I trust him? Do I really have everything that I need? And is this the God that I can truly worship? Well, this is where the Psalms really, really help us. They ask the same questions but they provide the answers. And as we read and meditate on them, they help to motivate and shape 
the worship for God's people. And before us this morning stands a masterpiece. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. Now David wrote many psalms of all different types. Prayers, laments, repentance and praise. And Psalm 23, I'm sure we'll agree, is his most well known. And although it doesn't actually mention the words praise and worship, it is what this psalm is all about. So this morning, let's join together with David as he worships his God for providing everything that he needs. As in verse 1, that is exactly what David is praising God for. And this verse 1 sets the tone for the entire psalm. Let me read verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Of all the psalms David wrote, shepherd is the most intimate, sorry, is the most intimate metaphor that we encounter in his description of God. King, deliverer, rock, shield, to name just a few others that he uses. But shepherd describes a personal, close, and devoted relationship. Whereas a king might do what's best for the majority, a shepherd knows and stewards each one of his sheep individually. A good shepherd, by his very nature, will always supply the sheep with all it possibly needs, just like a good father will supply the needs of his, for his children. And in his early days, in his early life, David was a shepherd, so he knows exactly what he's talking about. His flock were healthy, they were cared for, and they were safe under his watch. And throughout his life, that too was David's experience with his God, his shepherd. And why God chose him to be the one who would shepherd his people, Israel. And in these following verses, David notes four specific provisions that the shepherd provides to his flock. And as we look at them together, we will see why it can help to shape and drive our worship of our God, our shepherd. So firstly, we see, praise your shepherd who provides rest and nourishment. Let me read the open couple of verses again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. What I wonder, after you've finished your Christmas lunch this year, what was it you wanted to do afterwards? Now, unlike me, I like to just get on and clear everything up. But I think most people like to just sit down, rest, relax, and probably have a little doze. Why? Well, because we're full. We're happy. We can relax. We're content. And sheep are the same. They won't lie down until they've eaten enough. And they can't really rest if they are thirsty. And that's what the shepherd provides his sheep. Rest and nourishment. He leads them to the place 
where they can be well-fed and watered so they can be healthy and they can flourish. It's a lovely picture, isn't it? It's a lovely picture of contentment and rest that David draws. Green pastures, quiet waters. Maybe we know that feeling. A hot summer's day with a loved one and a picnic in a meadow by a stream, eating, drinking, relaxing. Don't we all long for those types of afternoons in the hustle and bustle of life? Well, with our shepherd, we can. Because God provides his sheep with his word, which is the principal means of spiritual nourishment and restoration. God's word provides us with all we need to be healthy and to flourish. It's the source of truth where we learn about him, God, our creator, our sustainer. It's the source of salvation where Christ is revealed to us. It's the source of freedom where we truly learn we can be free from a life of sin. It's the source of growth if we continue to crave it like newborn babies. After all, Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but he can live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And God's word provides us with so much more, assurance, joy, comfort, to name just a few. So surely we should praise our shepherd for this wonderful provision and that his word does refresh our souls. But too often, that won't be our experience, will it? And we don't go to him or his word for our rest, do we? And instead, we probably seek the world's answer to rest. So maybe we dive into social media for a few hours just to get away from it all. Or we get lost in a Netflix box series to get away from the reality of life. Or we indulge in food and drink to get away from the stress. And I'm sure I could go on. Now, I'm not saying these are bad things. Of course they're not, because they're all gifts from a loving God. But they can't and shouldn't replace his greatest gift to us, his word, which is the only place where we will ever find true Restoration for our souls. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. However, sheep tend to wander. They get lost. And that's the second reason why we should praise our shepherd. Because he provides guidance and security. Excuse me. Um, we continue in the psalm. Let me read from verse 3. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All sheep 
want those green pastures and quiet waters that David describes. But sheep aren't the smartest of animals. And normally, given a choice of paths to follow, they will take the wrong one. Now, sometimes that might be out of fear, but it's probably a lot of the times out of plain stupidity. Sheep are stubborn. And rather than wait for the clear waters that the shepherd is leading them to, they stop and they wander down the wrong path of instant gratification. And they drink from polluted potholes along the trail. It satisfies their thirst for the moment, but it will eventually riddle them with parasites and disease. Or perhaps the sheep wander from the right path out of fear. As often those green pastures will be on higher ground. And the only way to get to the higher ground is through the valley, a place of danger, darkness, and even death. But the sheep, they have the shepherd to guide them away from that path of death. And the shepherd, he offers them security as they walk the path of danger en route to a place of safety. And as we read these verses, we too can have confidence that this is true of our God, our shepherd. As he writes, David knew this to be true because of his own experience. He faced many dangers in his life and he often strayed off the right path into darkness because of his own mistakes and because of his sin. But he always trusted that God was there to guide him back to the right path and to protect him at the times when he needed it most. And this has been true for all of God's people throughout the ages. Jeremiah reminded the Israelites that God led them out of Egypt and through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and ravines, a land of utter darkness, a land where no one travels and no one lives. But eventually, they made it to a fertile land to eat its fruits and rich produce because God was their guide and he protected them. And the same is true for us today. Now, I'm sure we've all experienced times when we've been impatient and made the wrong choices instead of waiting on God and his guidance. Or we've gone down the wrong path and we've given in to those old desires or or the allure of sin rather than choose the path of godliness. Those wrong paths lead us to danger and even death. Because although we may not feel it straight away, eventually those wrong choices and sin will be felt in our lives, but often in the lives of those that we love. And then rather than worship God, we hide, and we hide in the darkness and the shame of our sin. This is when we need our shepherd's guidance, and for him to pull us back onto that path of righteousness with his staff when we stray. And we need his rod of authority to discipline us. 
You may not feel it at the time, but as David says here as he writes, they are a comfort to us in the end. We need that security. And we must trust that God is with us in the darkness and not be afraid. And remember, he sometimes, he's using these times of temptation, trial, and even suffering. He's using it for our good. We all know the path of righteousness, it's not always a peaceful one. And at times, the dark valleys of our lives are literally pitch black. We feel alone, scared, and see no way out. Maybe some, maybe some of us are there right now. Perhaps grieving the loss of a loved one or a relationship breakdown. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction or there's a health issue or you have felt really lonely this Christmas. And we ask, Lord, why? Well, brothers and sisters, we can trust him. Trust him. Your shepherd knows what he's doing. And he will guide us through safely to those green pastures. Now, those pastures may not look what we want them to look like. And it may be a very long and tiresome journey. But trust him. Because your shepherd, he's not only guiding you, he's not only keeping you safe, he's right there. He's right there with you. And that's our third reason, to praise him. Because our shepherd is with us. He provides us his presence. Notice David's confidence as he writes. Verse 4, you are with me. Verse 6, goodness and love will follow me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The great temple was not built in David's day. That was left to his son, Solomon. As David writes these beautiful truths, he may have been looking forward to that future day in eternity when he would have fellowship with God in the temple. But it may be, however, that David is simply looking forward to continued fellowship and communion with God as he had already experienced in his life as he wrote this psalm. David trusted that God's care in the past is but a sample of what is yet ahead. And we too share that same feeling because we know our shepherd's presence with us in our hearts through his Holy Spirit. He's promised to never leave us. Jesus said, surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And as we journey through this life, God walks side by side with us. And it's so reassuring, isn't it? We're not on our own. And we too can share David's confidence that we will dwell with the Lord forever because his word tells us so. Revelation 21 God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Christian, never doubt that. 
The God that we worship is not a distant God. He's right there with us. And if we listen, we can even hear his voice. He longs for relationship with his sheep, his children. Even those ones that constantly stray and rebel against his goodness. And he desires it so deeply that he proved it. And he physically came to be with us. The good shepherd revealed himself to us in the person of his son. And in him, we have our last and most glorious reason to praise him. The shepherd who has provided victory. Let's read verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, during my study, it seems many scholars believe David wrote this psalm during his kingship. And I think that would fit with what he writes in verse 5 and the overall context of his song of worship in the psalm. From the moment he was chosen by God to be the shepherd of his people, David faced opposition from his enemies outside and even inside Israel as he made his journey to the throne as God's chosen king. But God provided victory over his enemies because nothing, nothing was going to get in the way of his plan to make David king. And the banquet of verse 5 is a victory meal in which David's enemies can only look on while he is anointed as king with oil and given an overflowing cup of blessing. And throughout his life, David knew he could confidently praise his God and sing of this victory and have full assurance and trust in his shepherd, no matter his circumstance. But ultimately, this psalm is sung by another king, a king greater even than David. King Jesus, who came to reveal God's love to his children by giving himself in the place of his people. What a comfort this psalm must have brought to him in his earthly sufferings. Throughout his life, Jesus walked in intimate fellowship with his father. He rested in him. He was guided by him. And even when he walked through the darkest, darkest valley of death, as he was rejected and crucified for sin in the place of sinners like you and me, Jesus knew that he need not fear. And his covenant-keeping father honoured his sacrifice and raised him to new life. Jesus defeated the grave and now sits at the right hand of the Father in victory as king over all. And you know, the greatest news that we can hear this morning is that we too are invited to join him and to share in his victory. As King Jesus, 
with God the Father, becomes our good shepherd. He laid down his life for the sheep so that we, his flock, the church, will truly always have everything that we need. So as you look into the future and what 2022 may hold for you, remember, no matter what lies ahead, you have everything you can possibly need in your good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, if you are trusting in him. Don't be fooled by the world and its distractions or the devil and his lies and just keep trusting Jesus, the only place we find real contentment. So let's keep meeting together and joining to worship our King. Let's keep reading his word and be reminded of what he has and continues to do for us. Let's continue to meet one-to-one in our small groups and share our encouragements and what our shepherd is doing for each and every one of us. After all, it's what David is doing in this psalm. And in those times of doubt, look back. Remind yourself of what he has done for you in the past. As I was finishing this sermon yesterday, I, I took a break and um, I went up to uh, Epsom Downs with a dog. Like many of us, I've had a tough, tough year with the pandemic's effects, particularly with my job, which had a knock-on effect on my finances and particularly my stress levels. But as I reflected on it, with this psalm at the forefront of my mind... Do you know, I couldn't help but just to start singing, quite loudly, in the middle of Epsom Downs. And as I was singing praise to Jesus, I wasn't concerned by the odd looks I was getting. You know, it was just, an, it was just a natural outburst of praise to my shepherd and his provision in my life. My wife will tell you that I often lack joy, and she'd be right. She'll probably also tell you that pre-pandemic, I would have been a glass-half-empty sort of guy. But what I have learned this past year is that I really, really have everything that I need in Christ. I really do lack nothing. I have a roof over my head, bills are paid, food on the table, family that I love, great friends, a loving church family. And as I look back in my times of stress and weariness, I have found true rest when I've stopped and spent time in prayer and meditating on the word of God. In the times when I haven't known what to do with decisions that I've had to make for myself, my family, and the others that I have privilege of leading, I have known Jesus has been there guiding me. And when I have had the darker moments of doubt and even flirted with sin, 
Although I felt the Spirit disciplining my heart, I've been grateful. Because he's been there with me, holding my hand, reassuring me of his presence and his goodness. And he has reminded me that there are better days to come. Now that might not be tomorrow. It might not be this year. It might not even be next year. But ultimately, I know that one day I will see him and I will be with him. So until that day, I will continue to worship my shepherd king because he has provided me with everything that I need. And I wanted to share that with you. And my prayer is that all of us will share in that confidence this morning, having heard the truth of this wonderful, wonderful psalm. Um, I'd like to invite the band back to the stage. Um, And we're going to sing our last song together. It's a wonderful song which which is based on Psalm 23. And I think we'll use it as a prayer to close our uh, time together. So let's stand.